Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy for me to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. here on these domestic church media radio stations, praying, my brothers and sisters, that you're having a happy, holy, and blessed day, and thanking you for taking some time out of your day and out of the busyness of your day to come and share this time together with me and all of our domestic church media family. It's always a joy to be here with you to share this this hour on this October 13th, 2020. And actually, my friends, you know, it's um, today, the 13th of October, of course, is the anniversary of the last apparition of Fatima. It's also the day that Pope Leo XIII composed his uh, prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. And um, not too many years after, I guess 50, maybe 50, was it 50 years after that uh, he did that? Um, but it was right around that, um, around 50 years later after the uh, apparition. And uh, so I want to share with you today uh, the last message of Fatima. Um, we did the prayer to St. Michael a couple of weeks ago. But uh, today, uh, kind of take us back to um, Fatima on this day in 1917, the miracle of the sun. So we'll share that with you as well. But first, we're going to pray, my brothers and sisters. And as always, I invite you wherever you are uh, listening from, and I think you're watching. (laughs) We've had more difficulty the past week with our video, but I, I think I figured it out now. You know, whenever they do an update to computer systems and um, devices, things go a little awry. But I do believe, I know we're not up there yet. I think we're on Facebook right now. We're getting, we're getting uh, shortly going to be up on YouTube. Um, you know, just uh, trying to figure it all out. Multitasking here is what I do, actually. I do a lot of multitasking here when I'm on the air. I have all kinds of devices and uh, things in front of me that I have to keep an eye on while... I'm sharing this hour with you, so just uh, if you would bear with me as we go through all this, um, trying to put it all together, but uh, the Lord will take care of it. I have to, <laughs> I give it to St. Gabriel, you know, he's, a, he's the patron of, uh, of mass media. Actually, you know, we have a new, new patron, new, a new blessed, really, who is, uh, if you watched over the weekend or listened, I don't know if we had it on the radio, I know it was on TV, on EWTN, the uh, beatification of Carlos Acuntis. Uh, who was a 15-year-old uh, young man uh, who died of leukemia in 2006, now already a blessed, and uh, he was really into social media. And I'm going to share some of that with you from uh, Holy Father um, on uh, from his Angelus message, where he makes reference to Carlos Acuntis, um, 
to uh, really as an inspiration for especially young people. Um, but, you know, he was, again, a contemporary because he, he passed in the year 2006, which is, you know, well, not that long ago, uh, but already a blessed being raised up. And so we'll talk about that as well. But let's first pray. And my friends coming together from wherever you are listening or watching, I see we are up now on YouTube, which is great. So thank you, St. Gabriel. Um, remembering all of your intentions. And also, again, remember our dear young friend, Maria, who was called home to the Lord last Thursday. Her funeral mass is uh, this Thursday, coming up the day after tomorrow at the National Shrine of Our Lady of Shinstahova in Doylestown, Pennsylvania at noon. And there is a public viewing um, tomorrow evening at the shrine uh, and uh, the morning of the funeral mass uh, from 9 to noon up at uh, the National Shrine of Our Lady of Shinstahova. Um So because of that, I will not be with you live tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, the family has asked Cheryl and me to do the music for the mass and, and um, just a lot of things going on. So... Uh, of course, I'm here with you live today on this October 13th, but tomorrow, the 12th, I'm sorry, tomorrow's the 14th and the 15th on the Thursday, I uh, have to have repeat broadcasts on. And I do believe, uh, it's my understanding, they're going to stream live the uh, funeral mass uh, from the Shrine of Shinstahova from their official website at uh, Our Lady of Shinstahova in Doylestown. And I think if you did a search for American Shinstahova on Google, you'll find their site, and the mass will be streamed live uh, at... Um, noon on Thursday. So we keep, of course, the happy repose of the soul of Maria, uh, but especially right now her family uh, as they prepare um, for the uh, mass of Christian burial on Thursday, the viewings that will take place tomorrow evening and uh, uh, Thursday morning. So we know that uh, Maria certainly, uh, and especially in the last 21 months, lived an extraordinary life of heroic virtue. And, uh, you know, as I was watching the beatification mass of Carlos Acuntis, make sure I'm pronouncing it right, Um, Carlos, um, I have the name right in front of me, Acutis, Acutis, Acutis. Um, As I was watching the beatification mass on Saturday uh, and just seeing how the Lord is really raising up these young saints, you know, young people, who have really set the bar for other young people uh, by which to live. And um, we know that certainly Maria has, and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about that as we progress here. Um, but anyway, so we keep all of that in prayer. Pray for um, each other. Pray for me. I, you know, I, I, I don't know if you're with us on Friday, the Friday program, Friday morning. I, I uh, turned the wrong way and uh, really aggravated my sciatica. Which I haven't had in a long time, but man, oh man, the past three days I've been just in agony. A little better today, thanks be to God. It's it's, it's uh, I can feel a little bit of a healing there, which is great. But man, whew, sciatica is not pleasant. Uh, so please keep that in prayer as well. Uh, so let's begin, my brothers and sisters, and we're praying, of course, for our country, especially right now in these last three weeks leading up to the election. Uh, praying for. Um, God's will to be done. That's what you pray for. You pray that the person and and people that God wants in these positions, from the president on down, that are the people that are in compliance with God's holy will. 
that it's God's will. God doesn't have any particular political party affiliation, uh, but we pray that the people who are running for office from the president down, uh, they, the individuals who will be put into these offices will be the people that God wants there. So we pray for that, and we pray for our country. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium Prayer. Holy Father Pope Francis requested a couple of years ago that the faithful pray these prayers every day with the specific intention of protecting the church from the attacks of the devil. We've included in these prayers uh, the intention of protecting our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, and again, my friends, I thank you uh, for praying together, for praying as brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's always a great joy for me to be here with you. Um, and, you know, I was, we've been speaking with um, Brian and Susan Middleton over the past couple of days. As I said, we're uh, very honored that they've asked uh, Cheryl and me uh, to do the music for the funeral mass on Thursday, but really put Cheryl in charge, and I just do whatever Mrs. Manfredonia tells me to do. Um, but uh, the family is, th and thanks, uh, they wanted us, they'll eventually come on and do it themselves themselves. 
thank all of you for your prayers during those times uh, the past 21 months. Um, but they certainly have said that they have uh, felt your prayers and it had that your prayers have sustained them. Prayers from people all over the world during, uh, obviously, what you can imagine, uh, can't even put ourselves in these positions of having to deal with what they have dealt with over the past number of months since the initial diagnosis of the tumor on her brainstem. But we, we are thankful that God's will has been done, and we do believe that uh, certainly in all of her suffering over the 21 months, uh, that young Maria, who had just turned 18 years old in September, um, in, in her suffering, especially the last few months of her suffering, that there have been a great many um, souls that have been saved, I believe, we all believe. So we we thank you for, especially the family thanks you for your prayers. And as I said, the, the Mass itself is Thursday, the day after tomorrow, at the National Shrine of Our Lady, Our Lady of Chinstahova in Doylestown, uh, in Bucks County here, over here. And um, it will be uh, live-streamed on the uh, homepage or the YouTube channel. But do a Google search for Our Lady of Chinstahova, Doylestown, and you'll, get, you'll find their, their homepage and that's where they do their live streaming. And so you can watch the Mass. I'd love to be able to broadcast it as well, but I can't be two places at once. And, and when, when talking with the, the family, I said, you know, but if I broadcast it, I have to be here at the radio station to uh, get the feed and put it through the board here. And they said, we'd rather have you do the music. So anyway, it will be live streamed. If there's a way, as I think about it along the way, if I can think of a, a, uh, a miraculous way to get that done, I will. I'm still praying about it, but uh, anyway, it will be live streamed from the website of the National Shrine of Our Lady of Chinstahova. So again, but the family did ask me to express to you, our listeners, our viewers, um, their gratitude for all that you've done for them over these many years, and uh, people, literally, people around the world. Uh, but I do think we're gonna we're gonna see. Oh, I said this the other day, and I, I do believe if if you have young people in your family who are maybe straying in one way or another, away from the faith and their, and their morality, whatever it might be, or who just need help coping in the world today, special help. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, pray, pray to Maria Middleton. What an enormous intercessor she can be right now for young people. You know, we just witnessed on Saturday the beatification of young Carlos Acutis, uh, who was 15 years old when he passed uh, from leukemia back in 2006, already a blessed. Now his body is incorrupt. It's in Assisi, which was a very special place for him. And uh, he's there with the good St. Francis. Um, you can pray to him. Um, but I do believe you, you can and should pray uh, to Maria Middleton because uh, I know she... Uh, her mission now in eternity is to be a great intercessor for young people. So do begin to pray for whatever those needs are for young people, especially any need, but especially for young people. Um, speaking of Carlos Acutis, let's go to, um, let's see, where do I have it here? On uh, Carlos Acutis was beatified on Saturday in Assisi, 
And at his uh, Angelus message on Sunday, the Holy Father said that the life of Blessed Carlo Acutis provides a witness for young people that true happiness is found when one puts God first. And the Holy Father said this, Yesterday in Assisi, Carlo Acutis, a 15-year-old boy in love with the Eucharist, was beatified. Pope Francis said he did not settle into comfortable inaction, but grasped the needs of his time because in the weakness, I'm sorry, in the weakest, he saw the face of Christ. His witness shows today's young people that true happiness is found by putting God first and serving him in our brothers, especially the least. And you know, for our young people today, in today's world that is so saturated with uh, secular humanism and has especially young people who go through uh, public educational systems, uh, especially on the university level, and even Catholic, unfortunately, educational systems, especially on the university level, are being... Uh, um, taught that they have, in many senses, that they don't need God, that their true happiness is going to come from the world and the things of the world, that their happiness is going to be and come about through what the world has to offer. And of course, we know how flat that falls we know how empty that is. And so when those voids begin to uh, um, appear in the lives of especially young people, and they don't have faith, they don't have a uh, belief system, especially a, a, a relationship with Jesus, that they turn even more to the world for the things that will uh, destroy them and leave them empty. So Holy Father said this young man who was beatified, Carlo Acutis, who was beatified over the weekend, shows today's young people that if they're looking for true happiness, that they're going to find that by putting God first and serving each other. Uh, Carlo Acutis, uh, in case you didn't see it or haven't read about him, he was a Catholic teen with an aptitude for computer programming and a great devotion to the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And he was the first millennial to be declared blessed on Saturday. And at 15 years old, he was diagnosed with a leukemia in 2006. And I was thinking about that this morning at breakfast. I thought, I remember 2006 so vividly because we were right in the, right in the middle of, of buying our, our, acquiring our first station here, 1260 a.m., we went on the year on the air for the first time in September of 2008 here at 1260. So, and I remember 2006. It was for us. It was a year of, you know, I was out there, you know, plugging away, trying to get supporters and 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 donors and things. But here was this young man, 15 years old, died in 2006 of leukemia, and he offered his sufferings for Pope Benedict the 16th, and for the Church. He said, "I offer all the suffering I will have to suffer for the Lord." For the, for the Pope and the Church. 
And Holy Father first presented uh, this young man, Carlo Acutis, as an example for young people in his uh, post-Synodal Apostolic Exhortation on Young People, Christus Vivit. The Holy Father wrote that Acutis provided a model of how young people can use the Internet and technology to spread the gospel. And this is so important today. You know, we talk about it here at the Apostolate. When we first uh, incorporated, when we, we first came into existence through, through uh, what I know is to be divine inspiration back in 2003 and leading up to that, it was Catholic radio, Catholic radio, which Mother Angelica back in the early 1990s had her own great inspiration to provide radio programming to anybody who wanted it for free. Just get yourself a radio station and broadcast it. But, you know, technology has changed so rapidly, so rapidly that, 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 that you know, we have to understand that, and, and when we're incorporated, and I do remember in praying about what do we call the apostolate, what's the name that we have for the apostolate? And I said, well, in prayer, and I prayed a lot about it, domestic church media. And uh, the gentleman then in those days, back in the early 2000s, who, who there were a few of them on my board of directors, and they said, well, why, why don't you say domestic church radio? And I said, I really believe that it's going to involve not just radio. We're going to have to use many other technologies and many other media to do what we're called to do in this mission. And here we are uh, so many years later using all of these means of technology available to us to do exactly what Holy Father said, to use them to spread the gospel. I wouldn't have imagined, honestly, tell you the truth, when we first began back in 2003, I never would have imagined that we would be using video to reach around the world, which is what we're doing right now on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. We're streaming live video on our homepage. I would never have imagined that we have these types of devices that we use, uh, mobile apps using your, your phone or your tablet to be able to listen and watch. You know, you could sit in your living room or wherever you have your, your smart TV and pull up YouTube on your television set and watch this program on your TV, just like any other program you'd watch on your TV. You could look at the, all the archive programs that we have on there, listening to uh, the program on these home speaker devices like Google Home and, and the Amazon Echo. Who would ever have known? But, you know, and I'm just a, a, a weak instrument that the Holy Spirit uses, as all of us are here, to follow through with that inspiration to say, no, it's not just radio. It's many other media that will be used. And thanks be to God, we have the opportunity to do that. And Holy Father said that Carlo Acutis really built a model in his own uh, use of technology to teach young people how they, too, can use the Internet and technology to spread the gospel. Pope Francis said, It's true that the digital world can expose you to the risk of self-absorption, isolation, empty pleasures, 
you know, the silly social medias that are out there, Instagram, Facebook, for purposes other than what we, now we use it, but we use it to get the word out. You know, but sadly, young people are, are, are allowed that to sometimes become uh, self-absorbed in that or become isolated because and by that. And Holy Father said that, that this was the case with, uh, with uh, Carlo Acutis, now blessed, um, to show creativity in these means of communication. He said, Carlo was well aware that the whole apparatus of communications, advertising, social networking, can be used to lull us, to make us addicted to consumerism and buying the latest thing in the market, obsessed with our free time, caught up in negativity. Yet, Carlo Acutis knew how to use the new communications technology to transmit the gospel, to communicate values and beauty. And again, talk about the spiritual battle we find ourselves in. You know, the devil is using these tools. He has not uh, given up every day. He's finding new ways to use the Internet. And he does. And so there's choices to be made. And especially with young people who have that great gift of knowing how to use technology. I was talking uh, to someone the other day. You know, I was, I was pretty much brought up and raised and educated in, in, in radio. This is, I've been doing radio for uh, over 25 years, Catholic radio, but I studied radio way, way, way back in the uh, 1970s, last century, and radio has changed. We used to sit there when I was at Seton Hall, and we we uh, at that time WSOU was a, a a real decent station. WSOU, the radio station at Seton Hall University, is satanic now. I don't know how that thing can be on the air at a Catholic university, but another story for another day. But when I was there, it was you know I hosted a program. We would we would review uh, a friend of mine and I would would review Broadway pro, uh, shows. We'd go into New York and see the latest show and do reviews and so. I remember sitting there, we'd use, literally use reel-to-reel recording tape, <laughs> for those of you who remember that. And, you know, if you wanted to edit something and splice something out, you literally had to splice it with a razor <laughs> and cut it out and tape it back together. Now technology with all the digital is so much easier. So things have changed a lot in the 50 years that I studied radio. But I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, we have to keep growing and you see, if you're watching on our, our YouTube channel or our Facebook page, where I've seen photographs, uh, the studio out of which we operate here at Domestic Church Media, our main facility in, in uh, the Sheen Center for Media Evangelization, Evangelization a beautiful uh, studio, main studio, with capabilities of having eventual television production in here. And I said to someone, I said, you know, I can do radio. I, I, you know, I could, I could tell you the ins and outs. But as far as video goes and, and, and incorporating that into, you know, uh, using it, I, I, I don't have the skills. We need to get these young people in here to do some of this stuff. And we're praying that God will send them to us. Because we have to keep growing and keep using all these means. And Holy Father said the church today is called to reach the geographical and existential peripheries of humanity where people can find themselves on the margins who are without hope. And he urged people, Pope Francis on Sunday, urged people not to rest in comfortable and routine modes of transportation, I'm sorry, routine modes of evangelization 
and witness of charity, but to open the doors of our hearts and our communities to all because the gospel is not reserved for a select few. Even those on the margins, even those who are rejected and despised by society are considered by God worthy of his love. You know, one of the first uh, pieces of correspondence I ever got after we opened the station here in Trenton, 1260 AM, back in September of 2008, one of the first pieces of correspondence I got, and I still get them regularly over these many years, was a letter from a prisoner, a gentleman who was, who was behind bars, behind prison walls, who was so thrilled that there was now a Catholic radio station that he could listen to. It brought Jesus to him where before he had no access. And I would say that, you know, use that as an example. The Catholic radio and now Catholic media, Internet, and all these other means we use is not bound that it can pierce prison walls. It can reach people, as Holy Father said, on the peripheries to go where they are. People listen to uh, these Catholic broadcasts in their car, so many of you do, and your car becomes literally a sanctuary. The windows are closed, we're on, maybe you have the Mass on, the Rosie, or one of these programs that you listen to. It becomes a holy sanctuary for you, and that's great. That's what we can do to help in your journey to the Father. That's why we are here, and the young blessed who was beatified on uh, Saturday, Carlo Acutis, the first millennial to be declared blessed, did just that when he walked this earth in those short 15 years that he had here. Use the means of technology to evangelize, to bring the gospel out into the world, and that's what we're trying to do as well, my friends. Let me take a break. When I come back, we're going to talk about Fatima. Today, of course, is the anniversary uh, of the uh, last apparition of Fatima, the... the, the uh, miracle of the sun so we'll go to and talk about that as well don't go away more to come on come to me St. Paul Street Evangelization supports hundreds of teams of evangelists sharing the good news. But did you know that some of these teams are public prayer stations? Set up a sign on the sidewalk and offer prayer and encouragement to those you encounter. Everyone needs prayer. Try this new method of witnessing to Jesus. Contact St. Paul Street Evangelization to get started at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism. 
to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. He got a satellite dish for pornography. So he took a beer and a sandwich and he sits down and puts on his favorite uh, pornography station and he said, there you were. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and he said, what's that damn nun doing on that pornography <laughs> show? So he's mad, he's very angry and he turns the dial and there I am. <laughs> And now his heart's beginning to beat just a little bit, you know. And he turns a dial, all 52 channels, there I was looking at him. Oh, tight. Oh. Well, he said he turned it off and he walked the floor of the night, his heart beating 100 miles an hour. He said he couldn't sleep. He got up early in the morning and he went with the confession, never watch pornography again. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. From Falsington to Fort Monmouth. Little Silver to Lower Makefield. Rumson to Roebling. Washington Crossing to West Long Branch. Eatontown to Englishtown. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Well, welcome back, my friends, on this October 13th, 2020, the 103rd anniversary of the last apparition at Fatima, the miracle of the sun. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. It's also the anniversary of the composing of the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel by Pope Leo XIII after his vision uh, was on this day, October 13th, uh, in 18. 18, I want to say 84. I don't have the exact date in front of me. At around that time, though. Um, and uh, Pope Leo XIII, after saying Mass, he, he had this audible experience where he heard the Lord and Satan in conversation. And it frightened him so because uh, Satan was given 100 years 
to destroy the church, so to speak. And uh, anyway, Pope Leo wrote that beautiful prayer, which I shared with you on the Feast of the Archangels back in September. The original prayer to St. Michael is, is much longer than the one we pray uh, now. It's kind of very, very detailed as well. So anyway, but today is also the, the anniversary, 103rd anniversary of the miracle of the sun. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but again, as I, as I said earlier, my friends, you know, here we are two or three weeks from today is the election. Uh, there's a lot of riding on this election, so many people say. And, um, you know, we, we're not here to endorse any particular candidate. Or All we do is ask you to pray and, and vote with a good Catholic conscience to vote for the person that God wants to sit in the White House and vote for the person that God wants to uh, represent us in uh, our government. Um, we're seeing today, I was uh, I had to drive uh, somewhere, I was listening on, on the radio, a little bit of the confirmation hearings with uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who by her own witness and her own acknowledgement is a fine uh, practicing Catholic woman. Um, and, uh, you know, leading up to this, I didn't hear much of it, but leading up to it, people were saying that people were attacking her, uh, her, her Catholicism. The church is under attack, you know, and, and um, the devil's not happy, and and that's that's a good thing. The devil's not happy means that we're we're kind of getting under his skin a little bit. We should be. I often think back to the days when this station was first coming on the air. How the devil was probably sitting back with his feet up on the desk and having a cigar, and not a care in the world. And then domestic church media came in and started broadcasting the truth, and he didn't like that. He he let us know that, and he still does. He still lets me know that every now and then. Not a happy camper, but we keep forging ahead. Get that truth out there. And also, thank you for all your prayers. I, I was just noticing my uh, my lovely and beautiful daughter-in-law sent a, a photograph. Of, we're getting a lot of photographs lately. You know, uh, our our third grandchild was born uh, last week on the Feast of the Holy Rosary on the 7th. A little boy named uh, Theodore William Manfredonia. They're calling him Teddy. And, uh, of course, our two other little grandchildren, but my daughter-in-law saw pictures of our granddaughter Charlotte who before I can't believe it before November holding Teddy <laughs> and she said that the both of them both Charlotte and our grandson uh, Jack who's who'll be two in December they they keep wanting to hold the baby so they have a lot of help there which is great but it's a beautiful beautiful uh healthy boy and we, we thank God for that and thank you for your prayers uh okay so let's go to this day back in uh, 1917, the last apparition at Fatima when Our Lady appeared. And, of course, our Blessed Mother promised the children that there would be a miracle. And so 70,000 people gathered <laughs> there, pouring rain, uh, downpour, mud, all kinds of difficulties getting there. But they got there. And when Our Lady appeared, Lucia said, What does your grace wish of me? And Our Blessed Mother said, I wish to tell you that I want a chapel built here in my honor. I am the Lady of the Rosary. Continue to pray the Rosary every day. And remember now, this is during World War I. She said, The war is going to end, and the soldiers will soon return to their homes. And Lucia then said to the Blessed Mother, 
I have many things to ask you. If you could cure some sick persons and if you would convert some sinners. And the Blessed Mother said, some yes, others no. They must amend their lives and ask for forgiveness for their sins. Becoming sadder, our Blessed Mother added, let them offend our Lord no more because he is already much offended. Now imagine this in 1917, which we think is much more innocent times, and, and, they, and they were, than today, 103 years later. But if, if the world was offending God much then, in 1917, remember now, this is also uh, during the, the First World War. It was just a year later that the world suffered for two years from the Spanish flu, which killed many, many people. So there was a plague and a war. And Our Lady said, people must amend their lives and ask forgiveness for their sins. Let them offend our Lord no more, for he is already much offended. And when she said that, then she opened her hands, and Our Lady shone the light issuing from them onto the sun. And as she rose, her own radiance continued to be cast onto the sun. And at that moment, Lucia cried out, look at the sun. Remember, there are 70,000 people there. And once Our Lady uh, had disappeared in the expanse of the firmament, three scenes followed in succession, symbolizing first the joyful mysteries of the rosary, then the sorrowful mysteries, and finally the glorious mysteries. Lucia alone saw these three scenes. Francisco and Jacinta saw only the first. The first scene was St. Joseph appeared beside the sun with the child Jesus and Our Lady of the Rosary. It was the Holy Family. The Blessed Mother was dressed in white with a blue mantle. St. Joseph was also dressed in white and the child Jesus in light red. St. Joseph blessed the crowd, making the sign of the cross three times. The child Jesus did the same. The second scene, again, Lucia, only Lucia saw this, a vision of Our Lady of Sorrows without the sword in her breast and of Our Lord overwhelmed with sorrow on the way to Calvary. Our Lord made the sign of the cross to bless the people. Lucia could only see the upper part of Our Lady's body. And the third scene, finally Our Lady of Mount Carmel, crowned Queen of Heaven and Earth, appeared in a glorious vision holding the child Jesus near her heart. And while these scenes took place, the great throng of about 70,000 people witnessed what is now known to and referred to as the miracle of the sun. Now remember, it had rained all day during the apparition, and at the end of the conversation between Our Lady and Lucia, when the Blessed Mother rose and Lucia shouted, look at the sun, the clouds parted, revealing the sun as an immense silver disk shining with an intensity never seen before, though it was not blinding to the people. It lasted only an instant, then, then the, the disc, as they say, began to dance. The sun spun rapidly like a gigantic circle of fire, then it stopped momentarily, only to begin spinning again. Its rim became scarlet 
uh, whirling its scattered red flames across the sky. Imagine that, 70,000 people witnessing that, this. And their light was reflected on the ground, uh, the trees, the bushes, the faces, the clothing of the people, which took on brilliant hues and changing colors. So here's this, now 70,000 people is like a football stadium where, you know, amount of people. That's what a football, good-sized football stadium will hold. They all saw it, and, and they say people saw it 25 miles away. And it was reported, I believe if you Google it, you probably can find it, but the New York Times put something in the paper the next day or the following days, uh, but like on the you know, middle of the paper, it wasn't front-page front stuff. But after going through all this, and the, as they say, dancing in the sky and all these patterns, the globe of fire seemed to tremble, shake, and then plunge in a zigzag uh, trajectory toward the crowd. And, of course, they thought that was it. The world is ending. Um, but all of this lasted about 10 minutes, and finally the sun zigzagged back up to its original place and once again became still and brilliant shining with its normal brightness, and the apparitions had ended. But the miracle there, too, was that once the sun went back to its normal position, remember it was raining, mud, people were soaked, but they all began to notice that their clothes had suddenly dried, and the ground was dry. 70,000 people witnessed this. And that's the beauty. Of the, this is, of course, when we think about the last apparition, we, this is what we think about, the, this miracle of the sun, which is, is, it is important. But that was just a way to emphasize who this was, to maybe buy into the message, which is the most important thing, that she brought. And on this day, she said, pray the rosary every day. Pray the rosary every day. She called herself. She said, I am the lady of the rosary. The importance of the power of that prayer that we have at our disposal as anybody, but especially as Catholics who understand uh, what the rosary is and the power in the rosary. It was on this day, 103 years ago, that our Blessed Mother told the people to pray, to stop offending God. He's already much offended. You know, it strikes me whenever I read the story of Fatima, where one of the apparitions, I don't know which one it was, where Lucia said to Blessed Mother, she said, I had, she had a, a young friend. And you, Lucy was a teenager, and she had a friend who was a teenager who died. And she said to Blessed Mother, is so-and-so in heaven? And she said, no, she'll be in purgatory till the end of time. And it always struck me, what could a, a, a teenager in Fatima, Portugal, in 1916 or 17 have done that would, would, would require a time in purgatory until the end of time. And then we think about our own lives and what we do and fail to do. 
We know that God's mercy is unfathomable, and, and purgatory proves that. To have a place or a, a state of being through which the soul will, will go in order to become purified, to be holy, as our Heavenly Father is holy, to live for all eternity in heaven. Remember, it was also the Fatima apparition, um, one of them where Our Lady showed the children vision of hell, to show that hell is a very real state of being, and people may go there. Not only that, the children say there were figures in hell. Didn't say who they were. Church never teaches who they are. But the children saw people in agony in hell, souls in, in agony in hell. And remember that the teaching on hell is that, yes, it is a very real state of being, and people may go there, but is the soul, him or herself, who chooses to go there. God did not create us for hell. God did not create us for death. God created us for life. And that if a soul in the um, presence of God at the time of particular judgment, unrepentant, refusing to accept the mercy being offered by God himself, that soul in that rejection of God's mercy sends him or herself to hell. God doesn't send the person there. Now, you know, we have, and we talk about Fatima, we talk about Lourdes, we talk about uh, Akita Japan, or any of the other approved apparitions of our Blessed Mother, it's always important to remember that when the church deems an apparition is worthy of belief, it means that there's nothing in this apparition or what was said or done that is contrary to church teaching. And the church says it's worthy of belief, meaning you can believe this if you want, but you don't have to because it's not a tenet of our faith. Now, Fatima is, I think, out of all of the apparitions that, uh, that are, have been approved by the Church, is probably the one most powerful with the most meaning for us, especially because it was only 107 years ago. I say only, but only 107 years ago. And the importance of that message, everything that Our Lady revealed to the children, of course, no new revelation. Anything that, there's a new revelation run from that pretty fast because there can be no new revelations. But everything Our Lady revealed to the children was in, in certainly strict adherence to the teaching of the Church, but especially her message of prayer, pray the rosary, stop offending God. He is already much offended. But that was 1917. Could you imagine how much more God is offended now in 2020? 103 years later, what we are doing as a people, as a society, as a culture, what we have allowed ourselves to become, what we have approved as good, even though it was once considered evil, what we have allowed our children to become. You know, again, getting back to Holy Father Pope Francis's uh, Angelus' message on Sunday when he was talking about the new blessed, Carlo Acutis, 
who is a contemporary, who lived in the in the 21st century, passed away just 14 years ago, 2006. But he was just as um, much in the world as the rest of us. But through prayer and daily mass and the reception of the sacraments, he rose above the world. And we're all called to do that. We're called to be in the world, not be of it, be in it, but don't let it drag us down, but rather to rise above it so that we can be in it and live the life that we're living for the glory of God, for the spread of the gospel, evangelization. And none of us is perfect. We're all going to make mistakes and fall at times. But to have that, that, that desire in this life, knowing that one day life as we know it here in this world will transition. The world will say it ends. It doesn't really end. It, we transition to the next life. Our bodies may become lifeless, but our soul transitions to the next life to be with God for all eternity or to choose not to. And then on that last day when God creates a new heaven and a new earth and, and we rise from the grave, or the Lord rise, uh, re, uh, resurrects our body from the grave and reunites our body with our soul, become as God created us to be, body and soul, in a glorified state to live forever in glory. That's what all this is about. And Our Lady, 103 years ago, to the children of Fatima and to the 70,000 who gathered there that day expecting a miracle, saw, yes, a miracle of the sun, but the message, the message was pray the rosary every day and stop offending God by your sins. And remember now, from 1917, as I said, 1918-19, those two years, there was the Spanish flu, the plague that, that devastated the world, killed so many millions of people. And then what happened in this country? We entered into the Roaring Twenties, uh, a decade of debauchery, you know, where things just really got out of hand. And then, of course, it ended with the, uh, the stock market crash and into the Great Depression. So, God, don't mess around. <laughs> you know, not that God caused all that. We caused it by uh, what was going on. But we have to remember to always put God first, to stop offending him, to pray, and to live a life worthy of being a child of God. We're going to sin. We're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. But we know that this is why Jesus Christ came to this world, into, onto the earth, to save us from sin and death, to bring us home to the Father's house. So we've heard this Fatima story many, many times before, most recently, there's been a, there was a movie out, uh, and you know I remember seeing a movie that Warner Brothers made in 1955. Believe it or not, a major Hollywood studio made a motion picture about Fatima. The, the, I remember they showed us that in grammar school, and I remember the scene of hell really scared me. <laughs> Still scares me when I think about it. But I thank you, my brothers and sisters, for all you do for us. You know we can't be here without you. You know it, it's so important for domestic church media to be a part of your community, to know that we're here, that God allows us to be here, 
to bring this good news out to so many people. And I'm just going to emphasize again, we are going to have our Radiothon. We didn't have it in the spring. We're going to have it before the year's out. Uh, we're going to announce it next week, the dates. Um, and just please pray for us because we, again, because we did not have the Radiothon, did not have those funds that we usually have each year to carry us through the summer into the fall, really has uh, caught us short here. So I'm just asking you, please, to pray and, and get ready. We're going to have the Radiothon uh, before the year ends, and we're going to ask you to be generous and support this work. We need a voice in the media that proclaims this good news, that proclaims the gospel boldly and without compromise. That's why domestic church media is here. That's why domestic church media exists, to do just that. Because if we don't do it, who's going to do it? And I say we, I mean you as well, joining us. We don't do this alone. I'm only here because of you, because you pray for us, you support us, and you encourage others to do the same. And without this voice in the media, think about it, what the world would be like, not having a place that's proclaiming this gospel message on a daily basis, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If our Lord was much offended in 1917, imagine how much more he's offended in 2020. we got to proclaim the good news and proclaim the salvation of Jesus Christ. Okay, i got to go now. Tomorrow and, and Thursday, and we have to put on repeats because we, as I said, young Maria's funeral is Thursday, and uh, Cheryl and I are involved in the music and things. So, um, But we'll be here on Friday, Cheryl and I with Friday Live, so join us then at 4 o'clock. But tomorrow and Thursday, I'll have a repeat on. Have a great rest of your day. God bless you for being here. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Father.